I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 102 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. I'm a failure. I can pretty much guarantee that you have thought or said those three words at least once if not multiple times in your life. And I know that because those three words, I'm a failure, are things that I have personally said and thought both in a personal sense and in a professional sense. And even earlier today, I had a friend text me something and she ended her text by saying, I'm such a failure with a sad emoji face. And the reality of it is, is experiencing failure is a part of the human experience which means it's also something that our students experience starting from a very young age. But the problem is, is when we use that phrase, I'm a failure, we make it a part of our identity, which is a total lie. And we don't want our students growing up telling themselves that lie. We don't want our students believing that they are failures, which means that we kind of have a tall order ahead of us as teachers. You know, we need to be really intentional about creating a classroom environment and classroom communities that teach lessons that help our students reframe their thinking around failure. And if you're thinking, okay, I can do a better job of making this a priority, you are in luck because on our podcast today, I am interviewing Andrea Burns from Bookish Burns on Instagram. And she was a guest on the podcast last spring, and she's also a former fourth grade teacher And recently, she became a published author, which is so cool. And she wrote the book, Failure Friday. And let me just tell you, it is an incredible story. So in this interview, she shares a little bit about the book, but really she explains why failure is a topic that we need to be talking about with our students. She's gonna share some really practical ideas for how teachers can have productive conversations with their students all around failure. Now, if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that I have interviewed some pretty amazing guests on the podcast in the past few years, but honestly, this conversation might be my new favorite. So I really hope you enjoy listening today and let's jump into the interview. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts, impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. 
Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hi, Andrea. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. I am so excited to have you as a repeating guest on the podcast. I know my audience just loved the first time that you were on talking all about the importance of SEL in the classroom. And I am really excited for our conversation today. But in case my audience is not familiar with you and missed that very first interview, can you go ahead and give an introduction? Absolutely. So my name is Andrea Burns, and I used to be a classroom teacher. I taught for eight years in Kansas City. I currently am a book buyer at a local bookstore in Kansas called The Learning Tree, and I do all types of things. I buy books. I receive books. I host local author events. I do the merchandising. It's a super fun job. It's very busy, but it's keeping me connected with the book world even more. So also, I'm Bookish Burns on Instagram. So I like to give book recommendations to counselors, teachers, grandparents, whoever needs kids book recommendations. Hopefully, I will be one of your go-to people. I love it. Andrea, seriously, she knows like every book. And I love I love following you on Instagram because it's always like, oh, I haven't heard of that book before. And I feel like I know quite a few books, but you like you know all the books. <laughs> you know, I try to find the books that people don't know. That's my little secret. Well, and I was going to say, I feel like hearing about your job, I'm like, this is what I would do in another life. Just like the idea of being surrounded by books. And like you said, like buying books, promoting books, all of that just sounds amazing. I also think it's cool for teachers to hear. It's like, okay, you used to be a classroom teacher. Books were an important part of your teaching experience. And now you get to use your, you know, just your teaching experience has led you to this new career. So it's neat to see how, you know, you can do things outside of the classroom that still are connected to the parts that you loved. Absolutely. I love how you stated that. (laughs) Okay. So you though, in addition to classroom teacher and book buyer, you now have a new title that we can add to you, which is a published author. I know it's so crazy. I can't even believe we can say that now because this has been, you know, in the works for the last year and a half. And now it's out in the world for everyone to read. Absolutely. So congratulations, first of all, on the publishing of your first book. So your book is called Failure Friday. And one, I just, I have read the book and it is incredible. And I want every teacher in my audience to read it. And we're going to obviously talk about this book and just this idea of why is it so important to talk about failure. But can you kind of just give us a little bit of a rundown of like, what is this book about? What is the, what is the story behind Failure Friday? Absolutely. And I love how you said rundown because that has to do with the book. So it's about this girl named Emma And she's on her school's running club and her parents are big runners and, you know, marathon runners. And they always, every Saturday go to the park and she's playing with her dog, Charlie kind of sounds like me, something that, you know, (laughs) I would do. And uh, finally she's encouraged to try out for the team. She makes the team. And moral of the story is that she really doesn't want to disappoint her team, but she ends up disappointing them. I don't want to give it away, but pretty much the book is about, that experience and celebrating failure and how we can learn from our mistakes and that mistakes should not be kept a secret and you shouldn't be ashamed of failing in life. So it's really special because I feel like there's not a lot of books out there specifically about failing. So I think that this is great for kids who are really big perfectionists. And I know it's hard, you know, you're not like, oh, a second grader is a perfectionist, but really as a classroom teacher, you see those kids 
who, if they don't get it right, they immediately shut down, you know, and I don't know if it's from parent pressure or sometimes it's just from self pressure. So, you know, there's so many good conversations leading around failure. And that's why I love this book so much. Yeah. And I, I mean, as I was reading this, first of all, I was like, I need this message as an adult, you know, but it's like, I think so much so for our kids. And I remember when I was a fourth grade classroom teacher, there was one year that I taught that I was like, I don't want to be like, what's wrong with these kids? But they were like the highest achievers that I had ever worked with, but it was all like self-motivated. I mean, I remember every time I had like a conference with parents, they're like, we're not putting the pressure on them. I promise, you know, but they would take a test. And if they missed one, like they would break down into tears. And there was this like competition between all of them. And I'm just like, it's okay. Like one, you can't be perfect all the time and you don't need to be perfect all the time. And you have so many successes to celebrate. So I love that this is the, now the topic of the book. And, you know, you kind of mentioned just like the importance of it, but the last time we talked, you just talked about the importance of like the social emotional learning skills and why that's so important to have in the classroom. But there are, there's so many, right? Like there's kindness, there's self-control, there's empathy, compassion, all these different traits. So like, what is it about failure that you're like, no, this is the book that I have to write. This trumps all other SEL skills. Well, obviously there, like you said, there's so many, but I feel like, Failure comes in so many different forms. Like I wrote in the book, you can fail at being a good friend. You can fail at being a really bad sibling. You know, you can make mistakes socially, academically. Like there's so many different areas that you can make mistakes in. And so I think it's not only a school lesson, but life lesson as well. And we make failures every single day. And if we didn't make failures, we wouldn't learn from them. And it's really funny because when I was writing this book, I had a conversation with my family and I was like, when did I fail in life? Like, let's go over like my personal failures, which was a really fun conversation because then it brought up all my failures. And I'm like, I forgot that happened. <laughs> oh, I like one of them was I failed my driving test twice. And the third time she told me I barely passed, but I passed the third time. But I mean, it's hilarious because that honestly, it shaped me today, especially like I wanted to make a certain choir or a certain dance team and I didn't make it. And at the time, it felt like the biggest deal in the world. And now I look back, I'm like, just because I didn't make choir, I was able to do a different activity that I absolutely fell in love with. So, I mean, this goes up from elementary to high school to now. I feel like even like you said, as adults, we fail every single day and we feel the pressure of failing. And I feel like adults could also use this book too. I've had so many friends reach out to me and say, I just teared up reading your book. This resonated with me today. I needed to read this and hear this today. So really is special that it's pretty much for all ages, I would say. And my cousin is an eighth grade music teacher and her kids read it and they absolutely loved it. And she said they had great conversations surrounding it as well. So I mean, failure is for all ages. I love it. And I, I love that you said that because yeah, it's like, I read this and I was like, oh, I I needed these reminders too. But and we're going to kind of talk through just a couple of the points in the book that I absolutely loved. But I was actually having a conversation with a friend earlier today, right before this interview. And she texted me, you know, something. She's like, oh, shoot. She's like, I'm such a failure. And I was like, no, actually, I just read a book on failure. And I was like, you're not a failure. You experienced a failure or you had a failure, but you are not a failure. But again, like you said, it's like this lesson is not just for kids. Like we've all experienced times where we have felt like a failure or things like, you know, things in life that didn't go our way. But I just think what a powerful gift this is if we can help students reshape and reframe those experiences at a young age 
and how that could just like have a much more positive impact on their life. You know, I mean, I think about all of those things that you listed off. It's like, I think about experiences in my adult life where I'm like, oh, I've, I feel like a failure. I failed at that. I didn't get that job. I didn't get, you know, whatever it is. But it's like, wait a minute. No, like this is a normal part of life. I just haven't been able to figure out how to navigate it, you know, with like the right mindset. But this book, I think, can totally be an amazing gift to our students if we can just help them look at failure in a different sort of way. So do you mind, can we kind of dig into a couple different places in the book? And I would love to know a little bit about where this, like, because I'm assuming a lot of this are things that you've learned about failure along the ways. And I would love to know just sort of like, why were these points in the story really important? So one of the things that I loved in the book, the mom in the story is kind of sharing from her own experiences. And one of the things that she says is, we never lose, we either win or we learn. And I was like, oh yes, that's such a good sort of like lesson, but where did, why is that such like an important thing that we need to communicate to students or to adults for that matter? (laughs) Right. I just think that everyone thinks if you fail, it's the end all be all, but you learn from your mistakes and you either learn or you, you win from them. You know, it's, it's just not even a question. And I feel like failure is just so frowned upon in certain areas of life. And I feel like we just have to look at it and say, we can always learn from our mistakes, whether it's big, small, like my cooking, come on. I've had (laughs) so many failures in my kitchen and I've definitely learned from them, you know, just silly things every day. And if we didn't make mistakes, we wouldn't grow. Yeah. And I think just even reading that though, I was like, oh, this takes something that can be viewed as like a negative experience, right? Like I failed a math test, but it's like, no, you either win or you learn. Like both of those are good. You know, like both of those are a positive thing. So we're basically eliminating any sort of negative feeling or attached thought to an experience that we once was like, oh, this is bad thing. But it's like, no, we win or we learn. But that phrase, I was like, oh, this is, I was like, I need to put this on a post-it and like stick it on my, stick it on my mirror, stick it on my computer, (laughs) see it all the time. Growth mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So then this might be my all-time favorite quote in the book. And this is one that I like texted to my friend. But it says, and this is again in this lesson that's being taught in the book, but there's a difference between having a failure and considering yourself to be a failure. And I was like, ooh, that's like hitting home. But where did the language for that come from? Like, how did you decide that like, yes, this is a message that needs to be included in the book? Well, one great thing about my publisher, National Center for Youth Issues, is we collaborate a lot. And so I'm really close with the publisher whose name is Jennifer Shout out to Jennifer. I love her. And so her and I actually had so many conversations surrounding failure. Like we would be on the phone for hours and her and I were just having these open conversations and we came up with that together. And, you know, we're like, you know, people always consider themselves to be a failure, but you're not actually a failure. And so it's just kind of from those honest conversations that we had with one another And that kind of led to that point in the story. So she and I have collaborated so much and she and I just have had great conversations surrounding this. So her and I kind of came up with that one together. Well, I'm glad that that made it into the book because again, I'm like, that's going on a sticky note that's sticking somewhere. But like we talked about, like through this whole book, I just feel like this can help students rethink how they view failure. Right. It removes the identity with it, right? Like I am having a failure versus I am a failure. Like all of a sudden we are changing how students see their identity, which again, like that can be such an amazing, powerful gift. But also for teachers, adults, like if teachers, hello, if you're listening to this and you've recently said like, oh, I'm such a failure. No, one, go get this book. (laughs) And then 
remind yourself that maybe you're having a failure or experiencing a failure, but you are not a failure. But I just, I absolutely love that. And then the third thing that I thought, I mean, there's so much about this book that I love, but there was one point where I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is amazing because it's basically giving students a framework for how they can rethink about failure. You talked about this idea of like pie. Can you explain sort of like the pie process or the pie journey or what pie is and how it's connected to failure? Absolutely. So like I was talking to Sarah about earlier, we talked about the writing process. You go through many manuscripts before you find that just perfect manuscript that you know is going to just be a gem. And so my original manuscript, one of them I wrote was about a boy who wanted to make a perfect pie. And so the pie acronym actually came from that manuscript. And then my publishers absolutely loved it and ran with it. So the reason why I came up with pie is because I wanted kids to remember these, you know, very signature things, easy to remember so that whenever they're getting frustrated, they can just say, okay, it's easy as pie. And, you know, that's just such a common phrase that now... Hopefully when kids say it after they read the book, they'll kind of remember it. So putting yourself out there, we all do that when we have failures. We, you know, we become vulnerable. We put ourselves out there and sometimes it's really nerve wracking. And when we do that, we don't fail. We learn from it or we win. win. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So putting yourself out there, ignoring the negative self-talk in your head. I've really been working on that with kids when I was in the classroom. It's just, there was so much negative self-talk. I I'm so mad at myself. I can't believe I did this, you know, rewiring our brains to say, okay, I can do this. And even if I did fail, it's okay because I'm going to learn from it. So ignoring that negative self-talk and then enjoying the journey just because failure means you didn't do it right. You can still enjoy it and still say, you know what? I learned from it. Let's move on. So I, you know, when I wrote that, I was just like, God, I love this so much because I could just envision it in classrooms teachers just can use this all the time. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's one of those things, especially like the whole like SEL, right? It's like these topics are important, but it's like, okay, how how do I do this, right? Like I want my students to have a good mindset around failure and have a good perspective, but like, what do I actually do to achieve that? And I feel like using that PI acronym, we're actually giving them steps that they can do, things that they can remember, right? Put yourself out there, ignore the negative self-talk, enjoy the journey. Like those are action items that they can take. And I think- I think especially that middle one, like ignore the negative self-talk. That is like something I've been recently reading this book. It's called Chatter, which is basically all about, you know, either like the worry loops or the rumination patterns that go on in your brain and how hard they are to rewire after decades of just like experiencing that. But the thing is, is we all do that. Like we all have these, the negative self-talk and sometimes it's louder than others. But again, I just think it's like, if I could have figured out how to handle these thought patterns as a kid, it'd be so much easier than now as a 39-year-old adult being like, okay, how do I rewire my thinking? <laughs> you know. Right. So again, it's just like, what an amazing gift that we can give kids this idea that it's like, wait a minute, yeah, you're having this internal conversation and it's negative, but you can ignore that. Like you can choose to think about something else. Again, I just get so excited about how this book can impact students because it's so incredibly important. You had mentioned that you really want this book to be like useful for teachers and you really want to make it easy for teachers to be able to have conversations about failure with their students and really help their students reframe their thinking. So what are some things that teachers can do either with this book or maybe even with other resources to start to have this ongoing conversation about what failure is and how we can learn from it? So when we decided to write Failure Friday, we wanted it to be a resource and a tool 
for teachers in the classroom. We wanted it to become a weekly thing that teachers could continually talk about, not just a one and done. You know, we read the book, we're moving on. We wanted it to be something that teachers can come back to and talk about, you know, throughout the year. So why I love that it's Failure Friday is because we wanted, you know, people to have these Failure Friday moments, whether it's during a morning meeting or once a month on Fridays, they talk about their failures. We just wanted teachers to kind of get creative and come up with how can we normalize this and do weekly, monthly things, you know, where students can be have open conversations about their failures. So Luckily, when we came up with the PI acronym, I was like, oh my God, when you have PI, like you got to have a party, right? (laughs) And that's why I just love the whole celebrating failures thing. And she pops the confetti. I mean, that was one of my favorite things to write because I could just envision it in my head, like these teachers throwing failure Friday parties. And, you know, at least they could, teachers I envision in the beginning, just have, you know, start that off with an invitation. We're going to invite you to a failure Friday. And then from there on out throughout the year, they can kind of do different activities on each Friday. But even having a pie chart in your classroom, having candid conversations, even talking about cause and effect. I know I taught fourth grade, but talking about, you know, what was the cause? What was your failure? And what's the effect? What did we learn from it? So you can even tie in standards to the concept of failure as well. And I just really, really like that this can be an all year thing. I would even love to see, you know, bulletin boards with kids writing down their failures. And I know in the book, we talk about people becoming exceptional encouragers. And the reason we did that is because we want kids to have candid conversations and have other kids support other kids with, you know, you could do this next time, or maybe, you know, you're not a failure and, you know, giving those encouraging words and statements to help kids realize that it's okay. So there's just so many aspects. And I know teachers are so creative of how they can use this book in their classroom. I know that through National Center for Youth Issues, we came up with a resource bundle that has a lot more activities that, you know, kids can use. But I just love that the possibilities are endless with this. I love that. And of course, we are going to link to all of those resources in our show notes. But again, it's the whole like failure Friday. It's like, yeah, teachers could do a failure Friday. And I think, you know, it's like one of those things where, in the story, the the student who had this failure, like when her teacher said, we're going to have failure Friday, it's like she almost had this fear. It's like, oh no, she's going to call me out for my failure. And then she realized it's like, wait, we're celebrating these things. Like we're learning from them. And I think for students to realize that it's like something that maybe felt so yucky and uncomfortable. And like in the moment, it was like, here's this negative emotion that I had about failing a math test or missing the goal or you know whatever it is. It's like, wait a minute, we can talk about this and we can celebrate the lessons that I've learned. It just sort of like takes the sting away from the negativity that was maybe once associated with that failing experience. So teachers, I hope that you will consider doing Failure Friday in your classroom. I love the idea of exceptional encouragers, even having that as a regular part of your language and conversation. So, so good. Okay, so before we wrap this up, I am just curious... Can you share just a little bit about what was it like to actually write a book? I feel like teachers have so many great experiences and knowledge. And I know there are so many teachers that are like, I would love to write a book someday. You know, I'd love to write a children's book. I feel like that's just the dream of so many teachers and it's now your reality. And so can you just share a little bit about like, what was that process like of going from I'm a classroom teacher and now I'm a published author? Well, for me, it all started during the pandemic when I was bored. I didn't have a dog (laughs) at the time, you know, no kids. Like I was just like, you know what? 
I've always had this dream of writing a book. So the first thing I did was research. I mean, you have to know the market. You have to know what books need to be out there. You have to have a specific target audience. Do your research before you even start anything. Because, you know, there's so many books about growth mindset. Well, well, specifically, what ones do you want to, you know, how do you want to reach your audience through that lesson? So I looked up other books on different topics. And then I actually went to my local bookstore and literally bought books called like how to write a children's book. <laughs> was the most basic. And I'm like, you know what? I'll start here. But pretty much then I just got like really into it and like obsessed. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And so I have always loved writing. And so during that time, I just kind of locked myself in a room and I just went at it, you know, just, it just came so naturally to me, but it wasn't that easy. It's not like it was one draft. Um, (laughs) Failure Friday has been in the works for a year and a half. I was going to say, I didn't realize that it was originally about a boy trying to make pie. I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, this is a, this story is completely different than how it started. Oh yeah. Like we've had so many drafts and conversations. I mean, me and my publisher, Jennifer, like we talked all the time and we were just like, okay, what can we do to make it better? You know, I just loved so much that I'm so blessed to work with a publisher that's really collaborative. And I love how her and I have found each other. Like it was just a really special bond that we we had because we both just believed in social emotional learning so much. And what story can we make to really, really help our youth. So yeah, it was a year and a half process. And like I said, there was multiple manuscripts before we came up with the one. And then once we had the one, so many different characters, so many different names. One of my favorite things was coming up with the illustrator. Luckily, I'm very lucky that National Center for Youth Issues, they you know gave me a list of 10 illustrators and they said, all right, pick your two favorites. And then it was so fun to see them sketch Emma and see that come to life. Like the process was just like Christmas morning. Every single day, something new happened. Just seeing the cover and just everything come to life. It was like, once I saw the final book, it's like, I was expecting this like, aha moment. But it was like, I've been seeing, you know, those words, those pictures for the last year and a half that it was just like, okay, I can't believe like people are going to see this now because this has just been a little secret of mine for so long. But I absolutely think that if you are wanting to do it, do your research, realize it's not easy. It's not easy to find a publisher. I put a lot of work and effort into finding one. And if you want to self-publish, that's a whole other world (laughs) to do that. But just overall, I think my husband's golf obsession came from me (laughs) setting him to the golf course when I needed to write. So he needed to get out of the house. I'm like, I need to focus. You need to go to the golf course for of course, you know, four hours turned into eight, but you know, he got really good at golf. So that's good. You became a published <laughs> author and he became really good at golf. Sounds like a win-win. Yeah. Well, I love it. So, I mean, not to put you on the spot, but do you think there's going to be any other books coming out in your future? Any, any sequels or additional SEL books? <laughs> you know, I sure hope so. That is the goal in life is just to hopefully continue to write stories to help kids, you know, cope with their emotions and help them navigate through life. So I really do hope so. Well, you are off to a great start. I I truly love this story. I think it is amazing. I am so glad that you decided to publish it and share this story with teachers because it has such an important message and just the way it is written, I think is going to be such a great tool for teachers. So congratulations. Thank you. And thank you also from all the teachers and students. Now, where can our teachers find you on the internet? If they either want to connect with you or to be able to get this book, where's the best place for them to find you? 
So uh, Instagram bookish burns with three S's. You can go to my website, readbookishburns.com. You can find the link to the book there. You can also go to National Center for Youth Issues website, which has my own book website, which is www.failurefridaybk.com. Awesome. And we will link to all of those in our show notes as well. Andrea, thank you so much for being willing to come on and share your story about the creation of Failure Friday. And I can't wait to have you on again after your next book is published. (laughs) I would love that. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.